Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Colorado Food Magazine Podcast, presented by the Hispanic Restaurant Association, where we take a deep dive into the Colorado cuisine. From gate to plate, farm to table, and everything in between, CFM is your one-stop spot for everything food-related across the entire Centennial State. I'm your host and producer, Brendan Jordan, and on today's show, we are extremely excited to bring on Josh Mayo with Spark 3 Hospitality. Now, Josh has been a fantastic and a wonderful component here to the HRA and Colorado Food Magazine in its early years, or well, early ages here, almost a year. And uh, we're just really excited to bring Josh on and get to know a little bit about his story. Like I said, he's been great with us, and we hope you guys enjoy his story as much as we do. Now, uh, before we get into it, we wanted to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Hispanic Restaurant Association. The mission statement at HRA is to advocate on behalf of the Hispanic restaurateur to effectively and efficiently open and operate their restaurants. Their vision is to educate and elevate the Hispanic community across a multi-generational spectrum. If you wanted to learn more about the Hispanic Restaurant Association, their plans for the future, goals, and ways they look to connect with the community around them, Check out episode 12 of the Colorado Food Magazine podcast, as well as their website at HispanicRestaurantAssociation.org. Now, a super fun podcast that we have on deck for you guys. Josh talks a little bit about leadership and the culture mentality in the restaurant industry that really works as the differentiator between a good and successful business and one that isn't, and really focuses on you know reshaping the restaurant industry to roll with the punches and roll with the flow and keep people engaged. That's one of his big things, is really trying to keep people engaged and uh, get more people into the restaurant industry and more people involved. So a really interesting interview we have on deck for you guys. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here is Josh Mayo with Spark 3 Hospitality. Thank you all for listening. Josh, welcome to season two of the Colorado Food Ma- Colorado Food Magazine. <laughs> it's kind of early, <laughs> so I can't talk yet. But uh, thank you for coming on board. Uh, today we're interviewing uh, Josh Mayo of Spark 3 Hospitality. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about, obviously, restaurants and bars. We're going to talk about your story, what got you started, and just kind of uh, how you foresee working with us, because you've been a huge proponent of the HRA and what yeah. we do. In addition to that, you've really helped develop our leadership model and talk about that. And once again, we, we want to shape the industry for the good, because obviously there's been a lot of things going on. Uh, so tell us about you know where you grew up, kind of your story all the way moving forward to uh, where we are today. Okay. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in Boston, and uh, I guess I'll just start with what, what made me, uh, created the passion behind uh, my passion for the industry or what started it. it was my, uh, there was a lot of cooking in my family on both sides of my family, my grandparents on both sides of my family, and I, I just loved cooking and loved food at an early age. I actually think that one of the first sets of words that I had were, other than mama and dada and things like that were bagel and butter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I was going in the fridge and it was about, I think I used to eat the butter right off the sticks. So oh, I do that it's now. It's all about food. <laughs> my son, about is, food. my son is always saying, do you need a little bit of bread with your butter? Because yeah. I, I love yeah. butter. Yeah. So who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly. So. Well, it seems to, I mean, and I always say this, obviously food is huge in the Hispanic culture and actually I should say that every culture. Yeah. 
It yeah. just seems to form everybody's relationships and, yeah. and you know, all seven billion people on the planet, we have one thing in common. Yeah, we eat food. And there's so many different flavors and, and just kind of food cultures. Yeah. And, and we see Denver as a great uh, literal melting pot of these different cultures and fusions and stuff like yeah. that. So what was, uh, I, always, I always think about mom and myself, my parents and the cooking and stuff like that. Uh, what were some of your best memories about food? Uh, I, being in Buffalo, New York with my grandmother, my dad's mom, learning how to make spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, watching her. I don't know if I really retained all of, although the recipe that I have for spaghetti and meatballs today is formed from what I remember oh, learning really? from her on, what, on what how makes to make that particular sauce and different. meatballs. Uh, the one thing, and everyone makes meatballs differently, but the one thing I learned that, that, that I remember that she did is she always cooked the meatballs and the sauce separately uh, and then combined them later on. And some people will do it you know, different ways. They'll, they'll stew the meatballs in the sauce for a long time. That's the way uh, I she, do it. She always did them separately and then served them separately. I've sort of combined that. I, I cook them separately and then combine them at the end. But um, that, oh. was, that was one of my, I think that was one of my favorite memories, yeah. Did you, um, were you born in Boston? Uh, born outside of Boston, yeah, in the suburbs, and uh, yeah, and then lived there until I was in college, and then I went to uh, Michigan State University. Oh yeah, the other MSU. The other MSU, <laughs> or the, the MSU, or oh the MSU. Guys, somebody might not. We're in like a new that. building. We can't say that. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. They've, yeah. been, they've been great. Once again, yeah. you know, we're holding this podcast at MSU Denver, yeah. and so that's great. So that brought you into the hospitality. We're going to lead into where we want to go uh, in this conversation about leadership and yeah. how all that was formed and developed and yeah. things like that. So uh, what made you go into hospitality besides your parents? I mean, what was there an epiphany you had? It was the, well, it was just it was the cooking and the food. And I was I, I think as a kid, I was definitely rare. It was rare for me to know what I wanted to do for a living when I was in middle school and high school. Most most kids don't go to college knowing what they want to do. They try different things and, 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 uh, and then figure it out from there. I knew uh, because of my love for cooking and I think my love for serving people and making them happy and creating things and l watching them eat it and taste it right. and seeing the look on their face and uh, the whole communal thing of, of being with family and friends and enjoying good food. I think that whole I know that whole culture of, yeah. of enjoying th that that relation you know relationship building across the table with food and drink and it was one, a lot of that. One of our goals is to shape the food and beverage industry yeah. through leadership yeah. and things like that. And I read a book recently or listened to a book, to be more correct, called Eaters and uh, Eat Last. Yeah. Which, which I love. We did that in the military. That was yeah. what you had to do. You had to make sure everybody served, served, which is... And those of us in the restaurant industry, we eat last over a trash can in the kitchen, <laughs> standing. Yeah, I've seen pictures of guys like hiding underneath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever we get a chance. But yeah, yeah that's a good... Yeah. That's, 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 that's a great thing. Well, so let's talk about um, leadership. That's one yeah. of our... You know, we have a yeah. lot of talks. We, yeah. we, we could go for days. Yeah. Help me define good leadership from your perspective. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I think leadership is a differentiator in hospitality and in restaurants. I think, uh, you know, I've been in the restaurant industry for almost 35 years and, and it's got, it's def definitely has a stigma and it has a reputation for being a certain kind of business, being difficult, being a tough environment to work in. Um, but I think good leadership starts with, uh, respect for the team and respect for the job that they do and the, and what they bring to the, the, the ultimate success of that business. 
if, a, if a good leader doesn't respect their team and doesn't respect what they bring to the table, uh, I think it's going to be tough to go from there. So I think it starts. So how do you develop a leader in the culinary industry? Especially uh, in today's environment, because obviously yeah. we had this huge environment of the pandemic where, I mean, the economic environment was very devastating to right. so such the industry. Yeah. Not only people, they had their whole uh, livelihood cut out from underneath them. Yeah. And so now they're having trouble attracting people back. Right. And, uh, and uh, I th from my perspective, one of the key components of that is, is good leadership and developing a good culture. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that, that, that will bring people back to the industry. It's more than just culinary and cooking and, and, and working so physically and mentally hard. It's about, it's about creating a culture. It's about creating leaderships and it's about creating opportunities to move up and grow in an industry that maybe otherwise people thought that they couldn't do that. They, they were going to be stuck in one role as a server or as a, as a line cook or as a bartender and they didn't have the opportunity to grow into a management position or a leadership position. So I think uh, helping people understand that it is about leadership and culture and it starts with that and then giving them the opportunity to grow and learn from there. I think, it I think it's an attraction. You said that it's a differentiator. Yeah. In, uh, in what sense? Uh, so I don't think every restaurant has great leadership. I don't think every hospitality business has great leadership. And I, I definitely don't think they all have great culture. And I think those are, that's a differentiator. For me, that's a differentiator between a great restaurant or hospitality business and an average one is one that doesn't have great culture. One that doesn't have great leadership is probably going to be here. And then one that has great, one that has a great culture and drives leadership is going to be here and they're going to see more success. Do you think leadership affects their bottom line? Absolutely. How? Uh, I think, I think that with great leadership, you inspire and motivate and develop the people around you to do, to do a better job, therefore impacting the bottom line. They're more focused. They sell, yeah, they're more focused. They sell more, they create a better product, they serve. Uh, better at a higher level of hospitality, they create a better experience for their guests, and, and the guests want to come back. Yeah, the guests want to come back. They want to spend more money, uh, and, and the business makes more money that way. I mean, that's that's how the business operates, right? That's how the business works. Most restaurants don't succeed if uh, if they don't have some sort of volume that takes them to a level of of solid profitability. So, right, that's one of our goals at the uh, Hispanic Restaurant Association. Just talk about provide that path of leadership, that, yeah. that uh, path of progression. Yeah. So somebody starts at a dishwasher, that's part of the Food and Beverage Language yeah. Institute. Yeah. All the things we're doing to, to shape the culture. Obviously, changing is kind of a strong word. Yeah. We want to shape. Yeah, shape. Uh, and yeah. That, that's the best uh, descriptor I yeah. have. Yeah, I don't for, think it needs to change. It just needs to be reshaped. I think that's right. I mean, so. Yeah, exactly. So let's, now let's drop back. How did you get you were the vice president of restaurant bars at the yeah. Kempton uh, Hotel yeah. Group. Am I saying uh, that? Kempton Hotels and Restaurants, yeah. Ho Kempton Hotels and Restaurants. Yeah. Uh, tell us about how you progressed their leadership and how you became a vice president. And we talk a lot about culture yeah. and leadership, yeah. uh, you and I offline yeah. and things oh, like yeah, that. So let's, let's talk about how that shaped you and how, why you think it's that shaping of your mind and yeah. seeing what works. Uh, culture, well, cu culture was a really important part of Kimpton's ethos to begin with. Uh, it was also something that I had searched for in my career uh, from the very beginning of my career when I worked with Let Us Entertain You. Culture was a big part of, of their community and their business as well. And, and, and when I left Let Us Entertain You and moved to Colorado, uh, I think I had been searching for that same sort of environment and that culture 
uh, until I found Kimpton and, and found a group that placed culture and leadership uh, at the forefront of everything that they did and they built everything around it. So I spent you know, 13, 14 years with Kimpton, uh, not just learning that culture and being a champion of it, but also helping them build it and helping them evolve it uh, and, and, and realizing the benefits of having great culture and, and my success and my growth to eventually vice president of restaurants and bars came from people following me and following my model and following my lead and and I think putting me in, in a position of leadership to help lead them and grow them because there was just I found there was just this intense uh, group of people around me that wanted to follow and listen to what I was saying. And sometimes I laughed saying, who wants to listen to what I have to say? You look over your shoulder like, look, look Are they me. talking about me? Uh, but, I do but, that often. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked. Whatever I was saying, it was working. So. Well, let's go back. And I, you mentioned it, and I forgot because of the catchy name. Yeah. Uh, Let Us Entertain You. <clears throat> yes. Is that, was that your start? Uh, that was my start in management. Well, yeah, for all intents and purposes, was my start in a management role or a leadership role. Uh, was with Let Us Entertain You. I had call, you could call it a leadership role at my job that I had during college uh, at Michigan State, but um, it was a college job at the end of the day. So, that, so Let Us Entertain You was definitely my first, you know, sous chef, manager, leadership role in a restaurant. So wh what was your very first job in the industry besides mom making you do the dishes? Uh, dishwasher, prep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So you really did. Start. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you really did start. You, you, you I actually like dishwashing and I and I found <laughs> myself doing it as a manager uh, late in my career. Uh, Why I still is that? I still do. Uh, I don't know. There's something about so my personality style I I'm a bit of an extrovert and an introvert. There's times when I need to be by myself and to disconnect and think. Di disconnect yeah. and I think you can do that when you're washing dishes. I always found you know, you could sort of shut things off and and just focus on and I, I don't know, I like the idea of sort of resetting the table for everything and cleaning, cleaning things up and, and starting over again. So, well, it's a hard job. Oh, yeah, one, it is. One of oh, the yeah. hardest jobs, for well, sure. Yeah, move in, quickly, think and about and arguably efficiency one of, the most of movement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all those different things, yeah. So I have a couple pictures of me doing dishes during an event. I'm like, don't. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I haven't seen those shared. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, yet, haven't yet. But no, it's a... I, I totally agree. And, and the kitchen environment is such a team environment. Yeah. I mean, there's you know our five pillars. We're talking about the cultural ethos. We talk about leadership, with yeah. education, team building, or teamwork, yeah. and then relationship building. Yeah. Uh, so you started out as a dishwasher. Yeah. And then let's talk about that progression and what made you kind of each step along the way. What uh, I definitely spent some time in the kitchen and I spent some time learning the culinary side of the business. I almost went to culinary school as opposed to going to Michigan State for you know uh, hospitality management and a more broad scope of, of education in the hospitality industry. Uh, but I, I, there was something about it, I think it was a chef that I worked for that was a little bit older and it was starting to f f impact him physically. Um, and I, something, there was something about seeing uh, you know him get to an age where the physical components of being in the kitchen all the time uh, were impacting him. And I wanted to learn more about the overall business as opposed to just staying focused in the kitchen. So I, I wanted to do a little bit of both. And it was one of the things I was attracted to Michigan State was their their, their culinary program and the, and the back of the house education, and, as well as the business and the hospitality side. And so I, I, I got into the front of the house side doing serving and bartending and bus, you know, I was a busser, but, uh, uh, and then got into, I think, supervising and hosting. I, I mean, I've done every position in the, in, 
in a restaurant that you can think of. Um, I worked in a hotel when I was younger too. I did an internship at a hotel, uh, housekeeping. Uh, oh really? Which was, uh, yeah, talk about hard job. <laughs> you, you have an, a fine appreciation for every aspect, how hard people work. Yeah. Oh, that gives me a little better insight uh, because you help us so much in developing our stuff. You're, you're you know, a huge fan of what we do and yeah. you know, cheering us on. You really do understand each process along the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes, it, takes a team. Oh, it does. It Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's a, so is there anybody in this path, whether at Lettuce Entertainment, MSU, or, yeah. or uh, Kempton that inspired you, so a particular leader, person? Uh, yeah, there's 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 probably quite a few along the way. I guess uh, I'll just note one because his name always comes to the top of mind when we when we when I have this conversation. And his name is Noel Cunningham. Uh, Noel Cunningham was the founder and owner of Strings Restaurant here in Denver. Oh. Uh, if you remember when that was that was around yeah. for about twenty, I want to say twenty six years. Uh, Noel's no longer with us. Um, he was a but he was an incredible mentor uh, to me and a lot of other people in the industry. A lot of people went through his his establishment and it was their path. Uh, uh, it was it was sort of a, a passage uh, in the industry in Denver. If you were in the restaurant. So industry. what made him what set him apart? If he had that big of an impact, what set him apart as a mentor leader? His heart and how much he cared about people. Oh, really? He put that first. You didn't always see it in the way that he worked, uh, maybe because of the background and where he came from in, on the culinary side of things in the kitchen, but he had the biggest heart of anybody I've ever worked with in a restaurant or in, in the industry, in the kitchen. He cared about people so much, uh, almost too much, almost to his detriment sometimes. <laughs> uh, but but he, put, he, he put people first in his relationships with them before anything else. But you said something about it didn't always show. What did you mean there? Uh, I mean, he had also had a very high expectation, level of expectation, and, and, and he wanted oh, people pursuit to perform of excellence. at a high level. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've learned in my career, and I feel like it, that, was a, that was a point in my career where I started to figure out and learn how to do both, was you can do both. I don't know that he did both very well, but I saw that he had a big heart and he cared about people uh, you know, in a, in a very significant way. And then when he needed people to rise to another level of, of performance or excellence, um, he, you could see a different side of him that didn't always feel like it was coming from here. And I think from there forward, I decided I need, to, I need to be able to show people that we can do both. We can push people to a very high level of expectation and performance and do it with heart and care about them at the same time. How do it's you not do easy that? To do. <laughs> I can't give you my secret. <laughs> the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, it is a secret. It is a secret sauce. I okay, think, that's fine. I think, I, I think it's a balance. I think it's a balance. All those things: culture, leadership, team, relationships. If you don't do all of those things all the time, if it's at a full circle, if you don't constantly work that circle, I guess that's one way to describe it. And that's called life, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Then you're not. Then you're not going to. Then you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, you can't just push, push yeah. for high expectation and high level of, um, of excellence and forget that you also have a relationship. And they're and human beings. They get tired, worn and down. Yeah. And, you and there's things going on in their lives that we have no idea about until yeah. either a breaking point or if we're smart yeah. enough. It's different for every person, too. Right, right. And I think that's part of it, too. So I don't think it's that easy. I think it's pretty complex, actually. And I think it's the part about our industry that a lot of people don't realize is as challenging as it is. It seems like a simple thing, right? You cook the food, you make the drink, <laughs> you give it to the guest, and, 
and 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 they and they pay, and it's that easy, right? It's not that easy. Uh, we're it's trying simplicity, to... the other side of complexity, yeah. is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not my quote. That's I, I read it somewhere, and I just remembered it. I remember it from grad school. Just and it's me... not just you, right? I mean, it's easy if you have control over it, and if it's just yourself. I used to always joke to my team if I worked in a restaurant that had ten seats or fifteen seats and I was the bartender, but the bar was so close to the door, I was also the host and the manager, and I had a little range top, and I was also the cook. That's and called I, being dad and mom. mom yeah, and being dad, super right? easy. If it was all me, I didn't have to manage anybody, and I could make the mistakes, and they were always my mistakes, but you would never make any money. Right. Yeah, that, that's, it wouldn't that, work. That, that doesn't that's exist then, for a reason. Yeah, then you're 24-7. <laughs> right. Exactly. Huh. Well, that's, that's, for, that's uh, pretty cool, but you're right. It, it, it is a very uh, complex yet simple concept. That's dynamic. You're very dynamic. Taking a quick break in the interview, we wanted to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Barber's Foods. Barber's Foods is a Colorado farm family owned wholesale food distributor. Established in 1949 on a turkey farm in Broomfield, Barber's Foods is one of Colorado's most authentic food distributors, ranging from a full selection of local, organic, natural, and premium proteins, including poultry, beef, bison, pork, lamb, and even Colorado-grown beans. Check them out at barbersfoods.com to see their full list of products to bring that hometown flavor to your grill. That's B-A-R-B-E-R-S foods.com. So let's talk about how you would solve. Let's talk about today's problems. Yeah. You think culture is and, and leadership can solve a lot of these problems? Uh, I believe so. I believe uh, just in talking to people that have worked in the industry for years and left and come back or left and are thinking about coming back or don't want to come back and asking them, you know, what, what scared you away or what made you, I mean, obviously the pandemic changed a lot for a lot of people and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't their choice, uh, but when they were able to explore other things in their career and their life, I think they realized one of the things that was most challenging about being in this industry, and it was the environment, um, and it was the way they were treated, and it was the way they were compensated, and it was the ability to grow or lack thereof, and not knowing how to and how to get there. So I think yeah, you can really just like teachers in a school have such an impact with the right words and the right yeah. right encouragement. Same thing in the restaurant industry, because the uh, particularly in the Hispanic community, the restaurant industry is a gateway to yeah. either uh, life or you go and stay in that world, or it's a platform to go wherever you want to do. Yeah. And, and once again, we want to do this path of progression, provide all these educational tools, yeah. the Food and Beverage Language Institute, as well as, you know, like, let's just get you to where you're proficient and, and at least starting to learn and then get you on the college platform. Yeah. So if you don't want to go to college, then go into the trades. If you yeah. want to continue your path in the food and beverage industry, we'd love that. Because right. good leadership, like you said, good culture is needed. It's uh, important in life. It's important in any business. Oh, I know. It's, it's everywhere. Industry. Uh, yeah, with this yeah. leadership model we developed, and obviously you played a big part in that, is just, it can be applied anywhere. Yeah. We did it uh, last week at our Feeding the Future with Thornton Middle School. Yeah. And the kids loved it. And then we talk about, you know, each where they can go because they have this, you know, via their phone, this, this platform to learn just about anything in the world. Yeah. It's just what, where do they apply it? I mean, I always use talk about the Khan Academy, which they have in Spanish and English. 
uh, and always improving yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a lifelong it's endeavor, no yeah. matter what. Um, were there any particular books that you've read throughout your life that uh, has uh, kind of like helped form your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is probably one of the more common ones for those of us in this industry, but I would, I would probably first go to uh, Setting the Table uh, by Danny Meyer. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, an unbelievable book. Other than that, uh, Lessons in Excellence by Charlie Trotter. I haven't. I haven't. You, uh, you you would like that book. I Lessons think. Yeah. in Excellence. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. write that down. Uh, that's a really good one too. Um, but I think setting the table was was I think the one I think to uh, go back to and think about a lot uh, because of its attention to leadership and people first and and how you treat people and how you talk to them and yeah, it's just right. And that's one of the things. That's the book that uh, Professor Parsa from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds Denver. like he gives it to a lot of his students or a lot of, and, I, and, and, and we used to keep a, a, a box of them in the office and we would give them to every new employee. What makes that book so good? I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, you should listen to it or read it either. Actually, yeah. I have the now book. We just he gave to us it. the book. I'll <laughs> yeah, read it. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, th I think just, uh, like I said, I think the attention to people first. This is a this is a business that's run run or successful or not successful by the by the idea that the team either performs or doesn't perform at the level that we need them to. So I think like, and they put you know his his group uh, Union Square Hospitality and and Danny put people in the front of everything that they do. So a lot of people say, what are the components or who are the assets or the stakeholders of a of a restaurant business or a hospitality business? And it's the it's the employees, it's the guests. Typically, you hear three and it's the owners or investors, however you want to think of that third one. I think there's a fourth one actually these days that we don't consider often enough, and that's the community. Um, but anyway, they think of those three, and it's, a, it's a, always a question of which, which do you put first? And you hear guest first a lot. He, he trumps the guest with the employee. Because the, if the employee isn't happy and performing at the level that he needs them to, then you're never going to get the guest what they need and what they expect and what they want. So the employee comes first. So the customer isn't always right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still right. <laughs> <I'm> just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, no. I, okay. I'm gonna I definitely. That's that'll be. I, I have a. Seem like twelve dozen I have to get to, and yeah. I, I listen almost every day to different yeah. books or read them and things like that. So. And there's uh, also a lot about attention to detail, which I think is important too. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, let's talk about this lessons in excellence. What's that yeah. one? I have that one. Uh, it's been a while since I've picked it up, but it talk, I think it, it just, you know, if, if, have, if you ever, you know Charlie Trotter, have you yeah. ever been to, I don't know if you've been to Trotter's in Chicago or I have any not. of their restaurants. Uh, it's uh, how do you get a level of excellence or attention to detail that's at, at the highest possible level? How do you drive that from your, and it talks about just repetition, focus on the employee, focus on education, focus on the why, which I thought was important. There's oh, a, that's a great a part book, too, the book. by the way. Yeah. Start with why by yeah, that's Simon Well, and that whole, that, I mean, I'll go, I, I could talk about that piece of leadership all, the, uh, all day long, is if you don't, and I was just talking to one of my kids about it recently, is if you don't explain why, then why did you bother in the first place? <laughs> I never thought of that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. You know, if that, you're telling true. somebody to do something or you're asking somebody to do something or you're teaching something to somebody, and you don't explain why, you might as well have not bothered teaching or explaining or asking them I, to do it in the first place. No, that's a good point. Um, I'd use that a lot with my son growing up when I talk to him like when he's going to school. This is why 
these rules are for you. These why right. these guardrails. This is right. why school is important. Yeah. This is why you need to push yourself. This yeah. is, that's a great point. But I well, never. I would challenge my team to to say if I don't tell you why, you you better ask. Don't ever do anything because I just told you to do it. That's right. not the why. Huh. Because I said so. <laughs> so how would uh, you what mechanism can we use at the HRA yeah. or here to to keep telling that story? Uh, pushing our leadership model or what would you recommend? Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think pushing the leadership model and I think just getting in front of as many uh, industry leaders and, and kids like, like we are now and, and, and people who want to be in the industry and just continuing to push the importance of culture and leadership and relationship building in that model uh, so that everyone understands, especially the younger generation and those who want to grow and succeed in this industry, they understand how critical and how important that is to not just the success of the business, but their growth. And their life. And their life. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, and my kids probably, you know, every once in a while I think get, you know, here he goes on one of his stories again, or his tangents, because <laughs> it comes back to my industry and I'll bring like leadership or culture into the conversation and they're like, eh, you know. But it's, but it, but it's true, right? I mean, every, everything I do in, in, in business and in, in this industry, when it comes to leadership and culture is also, and communication and relationship building is also one of the most important things you can learn and, and need to take with you in, in life. life. No yeah. matter what, yeah. no matter Personally. what industry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, but that's our goal. Well, that's why Pablo, Chef Pablo started. Yeah. He's like, we need to reach out to the schools. Yeah. And so obviously Celine had this great connection, Thornton Middle School. I yeah. mean, they were all over it. And we yeah. had like roughly 80, 90 kids there yeah. last week. It was beautiful. I mean, yeah. from the, the, it's incredible to see kids at that generation or that, you know, kids at that age and those generations be interested. I know, I know. In, I was in, in our industry. But it to give good. credit to the staff, they had some great inspiring stories. I'm like, like you can do this. And I mean, uh, Alan, who helps produce this, he was like, you know, you have the power in your hands, the cell phone to, to, yeah. to learn. It's just, what do you use it for? Yeah. It's like, and it, it was fantastic. Mario, Pablo, uh, we, we had pilots, uh, Celine's husband there, Celine giving her story. All these different industry people talking about that pursuit of excellence, talking yep. about you know all those things, that, you know the five pillars we're talking about. It is we wanted to reach back and talk to them like yes, you can do it. Right. Life is hard. Right. But it's better when it's less hard when you're trained yep. and have a, a goal to shoot for. And you have for. a foundation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what other things would you see that a restaurant or industry group could do to help in today's environment? Uh, I th so we talked about the culture and the leadership uh, creating opportunity. I think I just think the work environment and creating a better work environment. I mean, historically, our industry has has a reputation for not having the best work environment. Um, can be tough to work in, uh, depending on the kind of leader that you work for. And I think uh, you talked about reshaping, and I think that's I think that's right. I think that's the right way to say it is how do we reshape the reputation that the restaurant industry has for being a great place to work and for being a good environment to work in. Um, because again, if, and I think listening to your employees and asking them what that looks like to them and what's important to them is, is where to start internally as opposed to asking people externally what would get you to come work in this industry is talk to the people that are in it now. Talk to, to the people that have stuck with it through, right. through this difficult time and ask them, what are you looking for uh, to stay in this industry and what would, what, would change, uh, what would change that for you? And a lot of them will tell you it's the environment. They're going to, a lot of them are going to talk about pay and compensation, but a lot of them are going to talk about work environment and 
does it have to be an 80-hour work week if I'm a manager or a chef? And does it have to be so physically demanding? And can, is there a way to is there a way to break that up, or is the or is there a way to to make it a little bit easier, or at least manage that a little bit better and create an environment where it's actually fun and not so grueling all the time? Because it's known for that. Are, you, are there any tools out there, productivity tools or technologies people can use that you would recommend? As uh, as far, yeah, I mean, the technology is a huge part of the industry. Uh, there's a ton of productivity tools. I don't know if uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head that I, that I love, but I would say the one thing about technology in general that I think is important about how it impacts the industry is a lot of, there's been a lot of fear over the last five plus 10 years about how it could take over the human element of hospitality. I don't think it takes it over. I think it enhances it. Right. A lot of people think it it's going to replace it. I think it enhances it. I think it may, I think you're you're exactly right. But so you just use instead of wasting all your time, now you have a technology tool to run this and you could focus on the service or the hospitality side. Yeah, there's side. there's pieces of the business that are transactional, right? right? The order taking, the paying, and that kind of stuff is is all all very transactional. So let the technology take care of the transactional piece and let the people take care of the, the people piece the people piece, and the hospitality piece and the service piece. So I think that's important. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great technology. I mean, Spot On is uh, who you're familiar with is right. probably one of my favorite technology partners that I think is really just doing a good job servicing the customer. And to them, their customer isn't the guest at the restaurant, their customer is the restaurant. And they really have a good perspective on, on that. Okay, so yeah, we recently did a review of theirs, and yeah. it, it really was yeah. uh, spot on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intended. If you're listening to that, yeah. that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, I, exactly right. We have a we have a great relationship with them, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited about. It. What other technology tools would you recommend? Uh, or do you see? I know I'm putting you on the spot yeah, on yeah, this yeah. one. This was not a, yeah. a planned conversation. Uh, that's one of that's one of the big ones. I think uh, any of the any of the any of the technology that helps uh, with analytics on the back side of the business. So whether it's analyzing the labor management or helping with labor management uh, or helping with inventory and menu costing, Craftable is a good group that has, a, has an inventory management. Craftable is the, is the parent company and Bevager and Foodager is the, are the programs for procurement, purchasing, inventory management, uh, menu engineering, analytics, helping the business understand what, what sells and what doesn't, what, what should change, what's making you money, what's selling but not making you money, et cetera. It, it's a right. bit of menu engineering. Well, there. it's definitely, there's one of the things we're doing at the Colorado Food Magazine mm -hmm. is we're showing the complexity of the food ecosystem yeah. and the technology yeah. piece. We're, Alan and I were just out at uh, the Harvey Colgazer's farm last Friday. We're going to do a documentary about the Bean oh, Summit be cool. and stuff like that. And one of our goals is, is to show every component from the planting, which we showed. Yeah. Then we went to the where the beans were being cleaned yeah. and then the distribution. And then eventually with the Bean Summit, we're going to show everything yeah. all the way to the end consumer. So that that's uh, that's our goal, making uh, the Colorado Food Mag Magazine all things Colorado. That's uh, great. I know. We're, we're really happy with that. What other th tools? Uh, we're going to wrap this up. What other? What other thing? What do you have for the HRA? What we're doing? You're, you were a huge believer. I remember yeah. meeting you at the Top Chef. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, what do you? What I do you think, think? I think the education piece and just and the and getting out there and, and talking to people and educating them, like 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 you're doing, like the HRA is doing, like we're doing, 
uh, is important. I think just continuing to do that and getting out in front of people and letting them see a different side or a different viewpoint of what's important in the industry and, and what's exciting about it, I think, uh, I think just continuing to, that, to do that is, is a big piece of it. Uh, I think the education piece is, is really important and, and this place obviously does great with that and uh, I think the, the next generation is, is important for me because some days I think about what's the future of our industry look like, especially with what we're going through right now. Um, and that's not dependent on me, that's dependent on, on, yeah. on the kids. These young kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, uh, that's part of that uh, going to the middle schools. Yeah. I mean, this is a great career if you want to do that, but you can affect a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, I, guess, I guess also, I, I just continuing to, well, this is education, but continuing to remind people that there's more to it than just a job, right? We've right. talked about that before, and I think the HRA does a good job with that. There, there could be a career, and it's a life. It could be a lifestyle, and it could be a career. And and we're, we need to create more opportunities for people that don't have them to turn it into a career instead of considering it as a job. And that's that's exactly right. I mean, two different levels of performance when you have somebody that looks at it as a job and somebody who looks at it as a career. Right, right? and that path of progression, going all yeah. the way from a dishwasher all the way to vice president yeah. or owning your own restaurant, yeah. Yeah. and that's one of the goals. I mean. Uh, as I often tell people, I can be delusional with the best of them. Yeah. But one of our goals in our organization, and you were there at one of the founders meeting, yeah. uh, Hispanic Culinary Institute. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be huge. Once we get to that point, that's going to be a, we'll have to raise a lot of money, but we have a plan and we have a path. We're going we to get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's going to be magnificent. And uh, I just can't wait to where you, you can change people's lives. Not only are we talking about how to be a chef yeah. or uh, you know, a cook or different levels of that. But how to be a great leader. How to be a great leader. That's yeah. going to be one of the most co important components of, because you can accomplish so much more Yeah. with, with yeah. that. Yeah, that uh, so we can teach people the technical skills, but it takes a little bit more to teach leadership and, 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 and drive culture and, and drive relationship building. Right. And, and if, I'm, if I'm, I don't think I'm incorrect, but anecdotally, the Hispanic Latin community makes up between 40 and 60, 65% of the restaurant industry. I, I guess sometimes I feel like it's more. <laughs> it, it probably is, depends yeah. on what model yeah. you look at. Yeah. But if we could start shaping the leadership there and give yeah. them, inspire them, hope them, give them hope, even if they don't um, know English at the start, we'll teach them that. And yeah. by the time they leave the school, yeah. they'll be a leader, they'll, they'll have bilingual, and it'll, it'll be a great path. For them. Uh, they drive our industry now, they'll continue to drive it yeah. even further. I just want to put them in the leadership roles where they're predominantly, already uh, consist of majority. Let's put them in the leadership roles and, and develop that process. Couldn't, it's a generational fight, but you know, we're up for the challenge. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah so. Well, thank you. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Do yeah, you have great. anything else? Uh, I don't think so. This has been great. Well, thank you for coming on. As always, uh, if people wanted to know uh, more about your uh, background or your your company yeah uh spark three hospitality.com it's uh it's our it's our group uh spark three the number uh hospitality.com this the three is uh the three is the three partners that are that are in our group but it's more importantly speaks to the three pillars within our culture that we felt was most important and that is people passion vision or people vision passion and that's what uh, you want to convey to people. Yeah, yeah. Is so that it starts with the people and it starts with it, with a vision uh, and it starts with having a passion. And it's one of the things that we're doing as a group is we're trying to help people in the industry or companies in the industry or restaurants in the industry refocus on that passion that they have for what we do 
in the restaurant and bar So it would be at www.spark3hospitality.com. Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend the group. Josh has been a huge proponent of what we do and also a component of adding all this intellectual knowledge and, and uh, prestige to what we do. Yeah, it's been fun. I can't wait to see what we, yeah. what we do next. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks goes out to Josh for coming on today's show, allowing us to sit down and interview him. He has been a fantastic and a huge help to the Colorado Food Magazine and HRA in its early years. So uh, we try to thank him more, but he says a podcast interview will suffice. So I guess we'll leave it at that for now. As we move forward, we want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by MSU Denver School of Hospitality. The Metropolitan State University's School of Hospitality has truly lived up to their namesake by being more than welcoming to the Hispanic Restaurant Association and all of their partners. Today's podcast and future episodes will be broadcast right from the MSU campus inside their hospitality building. Their extensive culinary programs, as well as their enthusiastic professors and directors, make it well known why this school has one of the strongest and quickest growing culinary programs in the entire nation. Visit msudenver.com to find out about different events happening across campus and how to get involved. So only a couple of small takeaways from today's interview. I really enjoyed uh, sitting down with Josh, getting to know a little bit about him. Both Josh and John talked about the uh, path of progression, and I think that's something that uh, you know we've been focusing on a lot here on the show. It's something we like to focus on a lot here at HRA and at the Colorado Food Magazine. It's just really making sure that everybody in the industry, everybody in the restaurant industry and you know these restaurants that we're going to understand that path of progression, understand what it takes to take the next step into the higher level, what it takes to go from a busser to the owner of the restaurant or the executive chef. I mean, is it, it really breaking it down into simple terms so that everybody understands. And it's something that Josh is really, really, really taking a, uh, taking a liking to is just focus on building up the leadership mentality, making sure that the culture is important because like he says in his own words, those are the differentiators of a good and successful business and ones that aren't. And, you know, just constantly working full circle and making sure that everybody, you know, it, it, uh, one thing I, I like that he mentioned is, you know, not just saying something and expecting it to be done, but explaining to people why it needs to be done, how it needs to, why it needs to be done in a specific way, how it needs to be done. Really, you know, I liked what he said when he's uh, he says he mentions he's talking to his kids about this exact thing. It's like, you know, if you're not asking why you're doing something, then why are you doing it? It's it's really as simple as that. So especially coming from a leadership aspect and c coming from it through that aspect, it's it, coming as a leader, going into your restaurant and making sure that everybody is on the same level playing field, I think is extremely important. Being a real leader and making sure you know, what does this person need? How can I help this person be better? Making sure everybody around you knows that path of progression. And like I said, constantly working the full circle. It all comes full circle. So big thanks goes out to Josh for uh, talking and pinpointing a little bit of those points a little better than I was right then. But uh, once again, a huge thanks out to Josh for coming on today's show. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. 
Alrighty, folks. Well, that just about does it. From all of us here at CFM and HRA, we want to extend one more big thank you out to all you listeners out there for making the podcast happen. If you are not already subscribed to the Colorado Food Magazine, make sure you do that immediately so that you're not missing out on any of this new content we're coming out with in Season 2. we got episodes coming out for you guys every Tuesday, and we got a lot of them racked up right now, so be prepared for that. If you are on social media, go ahead and follow the Colorado Food Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube, all at the tags Colorado Food Magazine. We have all of our full-length interviews posted on our YouTube page, so if you wanted to get a little bit more in-depth on these interviews that you're hearing right now, go ahead and check us out over there. If you wanted to partner with John and look to uh, learn anything really about the HRA, check them out at HispanicRestaurantAssociation.org. And once again, we want to thank Josh Mayo for coming on today's show and being such a fantastic guest. We look forward to working with him here in the future. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time.